Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Let's be honest. The first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simon's on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away, because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking about the art of asking for a discount. All right, Matt, that's right. Coming up on the show, we're going to talk about why you should ask for a discount, why it's hard for some people to ask for a discount, and then we're going to go through step-by-step how to ask for a discount. Yeah, it can be so hard. But first, I wanted to thank everyone that listens. Uh, We appreciate everyone out there. Joel and I are going to ask you to please subscribe. Uh, It just really helps us out, gives the podcast like a little boost in in the ratings, and it starts getting recommended to other folks. So... Yeah, if you found any of these episodes and topics particularly helpful, um, yeah, we would love for you to spread the word, but but specifically subscribe uh, on on whatever app you happen to use. That would be awesome. And also join our Facebook group. It's really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're posting different things throughout the week and uh, having interesting conversations about you know some of the topics that we're covering here on the podcast, and then other topics that just kind of out of the blue that people ask or that we're posting articles to. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, there's like-minded folks up there, no doubt. All right, Matt, real quick, I wanted to tell you about this really cool website that uh, one of my coworkers sent my way mm-hmm. because 
she knows I love saving money and I love craft beer. And there's this really cool website called secrethopper.com. And it is what it sounds like. It is secret shopping like a secret shopper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so if you go to secrethopper.com, you can sign up to be a secret shopper uh, at breweries. And essentially what, what you're doing is uh, the brewery is, you know, they don't know that you're a secret shopper and you go into the brewery and you order some beers, uh, you try them out and then you write a report about what your experience was like. And you get your beers reimbursed by secrethopper.com. Nice. Yeah, not just the beers too, but it's about like the space and like the tasting room and, and just like the whole experience. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really cool idea. I love what they're doing. If you like free beer, if you like saving money and you, you don't and mind... And who doesn't? <laughs> right, yeah. So, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, those things probably all kind of got your radar buzzing. Uh, and so Secret Hopper is a really cool site. Um, sadly, they're not available in Atlanta right now, so I couldn't uh. take advantage um, but definitely something I would be interested if they were available yeah. in my town. Uh, so go to secrethopper.com if you want to check that out. I just thought that was neat and that uh, the people that listen to this podcast in particular would kind of gravitate towards. Hopefully you're listening to this. So uh, we want to be secret hoppers in Atlanta because we're already there anyway. So <laughs> yeah, we're going to be drinking the beer. We're going to be drinking in the space. So like, yeah, pay yeah. us to do it. We'll, we'll definitely take that job. Gladly do it. Something that's kind of related, I guess, to what we're talking about, asking for a discount, which is a podcast episode that aired years ago now. And funny enough, you and I both have, have listened to it. Uh, we, we've never talked about it. It's a This American Life episode. And I forget what the episode is called, but it is... I think they call it the good guy discount. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Something along like good guy, good guy discount, something like that. But Which I'd already kind of super been... Super fascinating. Yeah, I'd already been implementing like a lot of these strategies in my life before I heard that. But in... I listened to that episode and I enjoyed it, but I also think uh, that concept, I think what we've gotten here is is different than the way they approached it there. And, and I think there are some ways that in that episode, essentially his premise was asking people for the quote unquote good guy discount. And that felt like a little awkward to me. <laughs> yeah, because he said that people would just kind of look at him and be like, huh? Yeah. And he'd be like, well, you know, I'm a good guy. Like you're a guy, good guy. Let's can I get the good guy discount? <laughs> and that just seems like an awkward way to approach it. <laughs> well, but, yeah, it definitely seems a little more kitschy, gimmicky. Uh, yeah, yeah, and obviously it fit well for what they're doing for the show. So certainly we want to kind of address today. We're going to talk about some of those things, but we're going to dive more into like the meat of ways to ask for a discount too. But it's a great podcast, though. Uh, this American Life. Do you have some other favorites that uh, that you listen to? Oh man, totally. I'll tell you a couple of the ones I listen to and, and I'll be honest, I'm such a nerd. Most of them are personal finance related. I really, I think the one I can't get enough of, probably my favorite that I love listening to uh, is How I Built This with Guy Raz. Oh, nice. Yeah. Freaking love that one. Dude, Guy Raz is, uh, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize, I mean, he's got so many shows now and... He's a baller. Yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, and I think too, it's it's in that sphere that I enjoy, but... It feels a little a, bit of business, a little bit of like personal story narrative. Yeah, it feels uh, a little more like like can't like eating candy though that I can get. It's like I can get away with it, but because it's still in my sphere, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not quite as like nuts and bolts personal finance. Okay, you yeah, know, yeah. it feels like I it, it's, it's a story, it's guilty pleasure ish because yeah, it's a story. Yeah. I I enjoy that a lot. Nice. Um, yeah, I dig that one too. Some I mean 
I've been surprised at some of the people he's he's had on where I was just like, I'm not going to be interested in this one at all. And they're totally fascinating. You like know? the Five like, Guys? Have you listened to Five Guys? <laughs> yes. That's such a good one. Yes. Uh, he started out literally making burgers like in Philly or something, like somewhere up north uh, with like his brothers. Yeah. And he just didn't seem to have any interest in it to a certain <laughs> extent too. I was, I thought it was amazing that he's gotten it's this like, far. He accidentally became like the fastest growing uh, burger place, you know, nationwide. It's yeah. insane. It really is incredible. And there's so many good stories like that. You ever listen to uh, 99 PI, 99% Invisible? No, but I have friends that rave about it. Yeah. So it's worth, worth checking out. I like that one. So, so I used to be a designer. And so this podcast is all about design. And they look at all sorts of design. So everything from something simple like a product that you can hold and use every day to like cities and the, just everything. And they just really go into the the history of it and talk about how it's implemented and just, yeah, I really dig it. Nice. It's, a, it's kind of a nerdy design. It keeps me um, connected to my graphic design roots and uh, yeah, I like it. All right. You got to check it out. Okay. I will. I will. A couple others that I'm into, I really like radical personal finance. Um, this guy, Joshua does that podcast and he's, he's really good, really smart guy. I enjoy listening to him. Uh, another one, if you're into real estate investing, bigger pockets. I don't, I don't listen to all of the episodes of either of those, but I, I really like kind of the direction they go in and what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and every and I love to hear you know real estate investing stories, how people are doing it, how people are doing it differently than me, and I can kind of implement some of those strategies into my life. Uh, and then I really love long form interviews. I've just always been a fan. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that I used to like Charlie Rose because. He's kind of disgraced now at this point, but I, I loved his show. Uh, that was like my favorite. And Joe Rogan's kind of doing that in podcast. And everyone knows that he's got essentially the number one or two most listened to podcast out there. Uh, but he does really great long form, two, three, sometimes longer hour interviews with people. Yeah. Some of those are insane. I'm just like, how can you just keep going? Yeah. But, but some of the people are incredible. I, I Again, another one, I don't listen to all of them, but if there's an interesting person on there, yeah. a compelling, compelling individual, I totally am willing to give two and a half hours of my time. Yeah. Maybe I should listen to more uh, of like the personal finance podcast, <laughs> considering that's kind of what we do. But really the like the most personal money, like personal finance and money I kind of get is like the NPR Planet Money. And I, I'm pretty religious about it though. I really like them. I li- literally listen to every single one. Even though it's like NPR, it's a kind of sterile. It's kind of cleaned up, sanitized, maybe. <laughs> what, they're, they're not drinking booze on those? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess occasionally there was that one about vodka. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Maybe we should link to that one because that was a... F- Man, I thought that was an amazing, an amazing story. And then one of my other favorites, actually, I listened to a bunch of uh, Atlanta United soccer podcasts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a bunch. I don't know if we've talked about how many I listen to. but I, you, li- I, you listen to like at least two. How many do you listen like, to? Like four now. I'm, oh, my I'm, gosh. I'm, I'm trying to cut one of them out, but... Two of my favorite hosts on one of them actually just started a new one. It's called Unrelegated uh, ATL, I believe. They've only released one episode, but I listened to it and it was it's great. Be good. All yeah, right. it's it's like right in the sort of vein that I want to hear stuff talked about. Where it's it's not too technical. Where it's just a bunch of like dudes that played soccer in high school and are now kind of like you know that coach as well. Like they don't get super technical. Uh, they keep it light, but at the same time they they hit all the good good knowledge I want to I want to hear discussed. Sort of like maybe we do with personal finance. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think we aim to be, and I don't know that we've really told our listeners, it's like we aim to be that place kind of in the middle. Like I think there's people out there that have personal finance podcasts that are like super hardcore. And then there's other people that are completely just winging it. Uh, and I think you and I were sitting around literally drinking beers on the couch. (laughs) Well, yeah, just like happen to toss a microphone in their lap or something like that. 
And we want to be really intentional here uh, about what we're talking about and the points that we're making. They're well thought through. They're, they're planned. These podcasts, we discuss what we're going to talk about and we're, we're very intentional about you know what makes it in and what doesn't into this yep. podcast. But uh, we're also two 30-something dudes with a lot of other things going on in our lives. So we want this podcast to be kind of that blend between getting all the facts that you need. Most of the facts, at least. Right? Yeah, we're going to give you some <laughs> of the facts and then some of that kind of relational and... Yeah, like we're kind of just hanging out, having beers and talking money. I mean, essentially, that's how... I mean, that's how this whole thing started, right? Because we would sit around and drink beers and talk about money and personal finance and real estate and investing. And, and there's yeah. some numbers you need to know, but then yeah. there are other things that can yeah. be left to, to other people to explain. Exactly. Yeah. So that being said, we appreciate you guys listening and that'll be it. <laughs> False. Let's get to beer. Oh man. I am so excited about these beers. So once you get started cracking these open, yeah, Joel brought a bunch of beers back from France on that trip he went on and I'm super stoked to try some of these craft uh, French beers that are going in the direction of craft beer like like they are in the States, but obviously they're from a different country. So, Yeah, today we're going to try two beers. And what are these called? Oh man, please tell me they're not in French because you're going to slaughter the hell no, out of them. That's, if so. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about these, the French beers and, and from some of the styles I was seeing over there, they're very much trying to be like American craft beer. Like the styles that they're going for, the kind of absurdity of some of the some of the names and some of the combos, mm -hmm. they're really trying to go big, like some of the American craft kind beers, it seems like. Really pushing the boundaries. Well, that's because when, when you think of European beers, what do you think of? You think of these old school, for the most part, right? Old school pilsners and lagers uh, that have been around for centuries. I mean, literally, right? Centuries? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And when you think of like French styles, I guess you normally assume like a French farmhouse kind of style, mm. like a Saison, right. something kind of rustic, a table beer. And so the two beers I've chosen for tonight out of the beer trade I did, and if you want to see how many beers and what beers I got, check out our Instagram page. And we posted a picture of kind of my beer haul from France. But the two beers tonight are a vanilla milkshake IPA from a brewery called... Oh, man. That sounds awesome. Azimut, I believe. And then a... Azimut May? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just gotta throw an accent on in there. Yeah, right. And then an Imperial Berliner Weiss uh, made with Hellertau Blanc. Nice. Very good, Joel. maybe. From a brewery called Pantine. Can you read my daughter's Madeline next? Uh, I feel like you could get oh, all, totally, the, all, the, all the accents just right. I'll put your kids to sleep. Man, what is an Imperial Berliner Weiss? I'm excited. I don't think I've ever had an Imperial Ber no? Berliner Weiss. And by the way, the label on this one's really cool. We'll have a picture up at our website so you can see the label on that imperial berliner it's just so so cool yeah and the reason matt i chose the first one that we're going to drink which is the imperial berliner with uh, white grapes I, I thought this one might have like kind of the most wine resemblance and coming from france where they specialize in wine i kind of wanted to bring back a beer that had some of those kind of wine notes going on and this one totally does yeah man it totally does this is really really good it's probably the most wine-like beer i've ever had yeah like i can I mean, I can picture the grapes. Like as I'm drinking it, I'm yeah. just like, oh yeah, white grapes. <laughs> yeah, that's delicious. Uh, and I know that even in the United States right now, that's this is a style that's kind of becoming popular. Uh, Firestone Walker and some other breweries are starting to kind of, especially California breweries, starting to brew hybrid beers. So they're this mix between beer and wine. And so I'm definitely interested to try more of those kind of beers. This one seems very much like that in that vein. 
and it's delicious. Yeah, I think it's just because of the grapes. Like, it's making me think a little bit about like muscadines, uh, like mus- muscadine wine. A little bit like, of that sweetness. Yeah, like it's just got that sort of thick skin kind of grapiness to it. You know what I'm saying? I think um, the best word is mustiness. It's got yeah. that grape mustiness to it. Yeah, I'm with you. This is really good, man. Thanks for uh, for bringing this back. I like your thoughts too. I like where your head's at. Bringing back something that's kind of like wineish. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I figured I, I had to. I had some great wine while while I was there. I know the French. Uh, microbrewers are doing a lot of things that try to resemble American beers, but I wanted to bring something back that felt kind of uniquely French. Unique, yeah, yeah. And so that this one definitely does that. So now on to the vanilla milkshake IPA. Yeah. Take a little sip of your water, cleanse that palate. Yeah, two beers at the same time. Ooh, man, this smells nice and uh, yeah, a little funky. Yeah, that's definitely got lactose Whoa. smoothness combined with a little bit of funk. Brett. Yeah, Brett funk too, man. This is, does it say it's specifically Brett? I don't know, Matt. I can't read French. <laughs> I'm looking for words that look like they might say Brett. Yeah, it's got it's definitely got that funk level going uh, and that kind of smooth lactose, a little bit of vanilla in there. Definitely not as hoppy or fruity as some of the milkshake IPAs that I've had here in the States. Yeah, man, it's almost got this herbal sort of quality, like less fruit, less hop, definitely less hop. I mean, it's kind of almost a misnomer. At almost least like call it an tea. IPA. Like some oh, tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Some of those beers we've had that are like infused with tea. I, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. It's got a little bit of that tea vibe and, mm-hmm. and it's good. I like I like some beers with tea in them. Yeah. Um, that's a style I think I've only had two or three of. Uh, but this one, it's not billed like that. So I'm not sure if that's like what they're going for on purpose. And this is definitely interesting. I don't think I've ever had a beer that tasted quite like this. No. But I will, but I will, I will say it's also, I like not, it though. Yeah, it's good, but it's also not my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be like, oh, you got to go get a bottle of that. No. Where, whereas the, the, uh, Imperial. Yeah. Berliner, the Imperial Berliner Weiss. That's freaking fantastic. I'd say you definitely need to try that. Well, dude, thanks so much for bringing these over. You know what? That's one of the, my favorite things about craft beer is sharing it with friends that appreciate it. Mm-hmm. There's something really great about, uh, having a conversation over a beer, enjoying it together and that's what we do here on the podcast. And I, man, I love that because there's something great about drinking a, a good beer by myself at home, but it's better when it's shared. So yeah. plus the fact that you got this when you're traveling too, it's kind of like buying a keepsake, you know, like something, but instead we just get to drink it. <laughs> you know, my favorite is like way better than just sticking it on your fridge. Right. Well, one of my favorite things about traveling is when you book far enough in advance, you have months and months and months to look forward to it. And then you get to enjoy the trip itself and then hopefully, you know, you bring back some sort of souvenir like this. Every time I pop a bottle over the next, over the course of the next six months or a year. And like I told you, yeah. I still have a bottle left from Amsterdam. Every time I see that, you know, it, it takes you back in uh, my beer cellar. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me about the trip and that beer trade and the people I met and the fun I had. And that's really fun to get to kind of relive, uh, you know, relive that trip over and over uh, as you see those things or, you know, that's why Emily and I try to buy a piece of art from everywhere we go. Right. Just a little kind reminder that uh, little we, token yeah and so every time we see it on our wall we're reminded oh that that was that trip and that's really fun i love having little reminders of the places that we've been yeah i'm with you man i love it Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high quality plant-based nutrients it's got greens superfruits plant proteins antioxidants adaptogens probiotics and in other words everything your body craves to feel your best this is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making (laughs) making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, Matt, on to the topic at hand, the art of asking for a discount. And I have to confess before we get too far into this that I've kind of always enjoyed haggling. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I like flea markets. I like Craigslist. And I know that that's 
probably a little odd. I don't think Have most... You, so you've always been that way? Yeah, pretty much. I've kind of always enjoyed... Like, ever since you were, like, a little kid, you're kind of, like, into that and... Bartering or figuring out a way to get something cheaper or just... I, I like talking with people. Like, yeah. pretty much anybody. <laughs> and so that's just kind of a way that you talk with somebody as opposed to just paying the amount that, that's requested is <laughs> working on the price. Yeah. Have any of y'all wondered if Joel likes talking to people? Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, I think some of the things that we're going to share here, you don't have to be naturally inclined. Yeah. You don't have to be 100% extrovert, which is which is what you are, right? So True. I, mean, that's, I think that has a lot to do with why, obviously, you like talking to people. And I think that definitely translates into like haggling and kind of trying to get a deal. I will say, I remember as a kid, uh, my parents, uh, especially I, my, my dad, asking for a discount like at restaurants. And he was in the military. And so he would always ask for a military discount. And I just remember as a kid hating that. <laughs> like I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, man, just just pay for it. <laughs> and I think that's more of uh, like an embarrassed middle schooler. Sure. Uh, but you're I, embarrassed about everything in middle school. So yeah, of exactly. course you're going to be about embarrassed about anything your parents do. But that specifically, I just, I just remember that standing out being like, man, let's just pay for the full amount here. Like, I'll just pitch in a few bucks. Let's just do this and go. <laughs> but well, now that I'm a, an adult, I'm like, nah, that's my money. <laughs> that being said, I didn't grow up kind of with that mentality. It wasn't until I had my own money, my own job where, yeah, I made that connection that this is my money and I need to make sure that I'm making it stretch and go as far as I want it to. Well, I think that's probably the, the first point that we need to make is that uh, whatever you're asking for a discount on, it's your money. And so... If you don't ask for the discount, no one else is looking out for you. No one else is going to make yeah. sure you get the right deal or you get the price that you want. And so if you don't do it, no one else will. Whether it's a good or a service that you're asking for a discount on, the mindset behind it is protecting your money so they can work for you the way you want it to. Yeah, man. I think a big part of that too is just knowing that that's an option. I think most folks just kind of go through life and they just think, oh, you know, you get a bill or you receive a quote or whatever it is. And you just pay it. <laughs> and obviously, that's probably, I think that's what most folks do. But kind of having that knowledge is, I think, what's missing. And just knowing that that is an option and knowing that you can do that. And hopefully, too, by the end of this podcast, you as listeners, that's what we're hoping that you kind of get from this is, uh, is hearing that like, cool, I can sort of ask for a discount. It's not a huge deal. Yeah, I, I think most people don't know that it's an option, right? Yeah. And, and there are certainly some parts of life where it's not an option. So for instance, let's say you are renting a place and you are in a lease for a year with a landlord and you pay $1,000 a month for rent. Uh, yeah, you can't negotiate month to month. <laughs> asking for a discount when you have a signed lease for a certain amount that you're supposed to pay every month, that's not good form. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So just know that there are certain times that it's uncouth. And I think you can use a little bit of common sense and hopefully some of the things we lay out here in order to know kind of when that is and when asking for a discount is just a terrible idea. If Joel thinks it's uncouth, you better watch out then. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I feel like you ask anybody and everybody for anything. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm just saying you're not scared, right? Like, Can I have your firstborn child? Yeah. What? Why would you ask me that? Like, of course <laughs> not. But kind of along those lines, we kind of got started talking about this topic because we, were, we both came across this article that was talking about negotiating and asking for discounts, specifically uh, to credit cards. And man, some of the stats they had on there were freaking amazing. <laughs> they said that the biggest reason consumers don't negotiate or, or ask for discounts is because they don't know that they can. But that when people do ask, it's amazing what they're able to get. Specifically, 84% of people who asked were able to get a late fee waived and just dropped. Just that's straight incredible, up. right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a ton of people. 
But who doesn't, how many people don't do it, right? They see the late fee. They're like, ah, crap. I was late paying the bill. I deserve to pay the fee. I'm just going to do it. And so you just end up sucking it up and paying that extra money out of your bank account to the credit card company when you can make a nice little four minute phone call and ask the representative in a, in a kind voice (laughs) if you can get the late fee waived this month, because it was purely accidental and it won't happen again. I assume you've done this, right? I've done it before. Okay. And it works. And yeah, I will, I've done it. I've done it a few times too. Like normally I am just on top of, you know, my, my payments and stuff. Same here. Just sometimes specifically, actually it was before a vacation. It was like a trip when the, my payment cycle fell when I was, when, when I was gone. And I just, you know, you just don't think about that kind of stuff when you're on vacation. And I, I didn't take care of it ahead of time and came back to freaking, yeah, late payment fee. And yeah, I just gave him a call and dropped it. Yeah, same here. It's it's something like that that falls through the cracks. Like once every few years, something like that happens. And I called in and every time it's happened, you know, two or three times now at this point, they've always reversed it. The other thing too, in that survey, most people that ask for a credit card limit increase usually get that. Yeah, in episode 10, we dedicated to how to improve your credit score. Having a higher overall credit card limit available to you helps your credit score. And so uh, the fact that most people are able to get that if they ask is pretty cool. Uh, so that article really helps solidify in my mind that uh, that these aren't just odd things that I do, but these are things that everyone can be doing. And especially with credit card companies, for the most part, you'll be met with a resounding yes. Yeah. And uh, something else, man, they, they covered in the article too, that I thought was super interesting was the fact that it seems like from the research that they did was that uh, specifically with people that were in the Midwest, they haggle way more than consumers. Those uh, are my kind of people. Salt yeah. of the earth, baby. <laughs> that uh, folks that are in more urban environments, you know, like in cities and uh, specifically on the East Coast. But yeah, I just found that super interesting. They're just like, ah, I guess folks in the Midwest are just way more about just trying to strike up a deal, you know? <laughs> well, it's interesting too, if you've traveled to many places and gone to many flea markets in other countries, you kind of see the different ethnicities, different people groups tend to kind of assume a, a certain amount of haggling and other people groups, other other ethnicities, other countries, it's kind of frowned upon. It's, right. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see that too, that if you just pay the asking price... In a place like China, they think you're an idiot <laughs> because everybody negotiates, everybody yeah. haggles. I mean, and really, I feel like it's literally almost in every country except for the U.S. I don't know, maybe like U.S., the U.K., and France, probably. Yeah, <laughs> like most any other country that's not super snooty. I feel like they're all about haggling, which is more fun. I agree. I think yeah. it's fun. Well, let's keep moving then, right? And so, I think the biggest reason why a lot of people don't like to ask for a discount is because of rejection. Right. I mean, I think that's one of the, my biggest sort of concerns. I do ask for discounts, but I, I don't think I'm, I feel as comfortable as, as you do. I think that's kind of universal, right? Nobody likes to ask for something and kind of put yourself out there and then be told no. You know, it's just, it sucks. <laughs> I definitely think that's the main reason that people don't do it. I think it's either shyness or fear of rejection. I think yeah. those are the two main reasons that people decide not to ask for a discount. Mm-hmm. Or they're unwilling to look like the person that broke the conventional rules. And so... Right. Yeah, yeah that's the, true. The rule of convention... Super like straight-laced folks that are like, oh, we don't ask for discounts. Or they're like, they'll be offended if I ask for a discount right. on this. Or, but let's dispel that rumor right now. Most of the time, no one is greatly offended that you... Well, especially businesses as right. well, right? And most of the time, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about businesses specifically. But uh, A business is not offended if you ask for a discount. And lots of times you're asking the cashier or somebody like that 
who might have a few options to give you a discount or, or, or they might not. They might have some power or they might have no power oh, gotcha, to give you gotcha. a discount. But ultimately, they're not offended that you asked. <laughs> they don't really care. They just work for the company. They either look at you and they say, oh, no, I can't do that. Or, yeah. well, let me see what I can do. And so there's options. Yeah, or if but, there happens to be a manager and they're like, let me just swipe my card. And sure, no one's asked me in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no one is. Uh, they're not offended at the fact that you asked. Right. And you're still going to, even if you if you wanted to make the purchase anyway, you're still going to be able to make the purchase and walk out of there with not hanging your head in shame because yeah. no one cares that you asked. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares. And honestly, too, like I think it's important to keep in mind, too, that even though if they say, you know, that is a rejection, just keep in mind that they're just saying no to your question. They're not saying that like no to you as like a human being. Right. Like this isn't a counseling show, <laughs> but like they're, they're saying no to your question and then you can kind of move on with life realizing that and just being like, all right, this is sort of like this isolated thing. If it doesn't work out, it's no big deal. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, this extends to other areas of life, right? Like, so ultimately the advice is go after it, ask for the discount. And when it comes to asking for a raise at work, asking for more money, asking for a bonus, I know at times I've just had to get over it, suck it up and do it because... Because you know what you want. Because I know what I want. Yes. And I know, I feel like I know what I'm worth. And so, but studies consistently show that people, especially women, sorry, ladies, are, are not good at asking for a raise at work. And so hopefully this podcast, this episode gives you kind of that little bit of gusto to go walk into your boss with the knowledge as we'll get to further on down in the yeah. podcast, uh, uh, how to walk in there uh, and, and ask for it appropriately do it the right way. You want to walk in there armed. And so we'll yes. talk about that yeah. in a second. But ultimately, it extends to these other areas of life too. And you want to work the muscle of putting yourself out there because that's just a good muscle to exercise and it's going to benefit you in a lot of arenas in life. Yeah. So like going in and asking for that raise or the promotion, like that might be hard to do. <laughs> like if you just have never asked somebody for something that where you knew that that was going to be a, a slam dunk. Yes. Right. But honestly, yeah, like working the muscle. I think doing something like this, like going into a store and asking for a discount or seeing if you can get a little freebie thrown in or something, that kind of prepares you. And it's it really is like muscle. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's conditioning. And the more you get used to doing something like that, the easier that it's going to be when it comes time for something that's like a little higher pressure, like specifically work-related, where you're, you have to go to a boss or a superior and present that request or, or, and ask them for that. I think it's going to be a lot easier for you if you've been haggling at the grocery store, you know, or like at the, even at the yard sale or yeah, a couple of lemonade stand even. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't berate the little eight year old that's trying to make it's a like, quarter. Come on, man. That's like literally two ounces of a lemonade. Yeah, I'll give you 15 cents. <laughs> no, that's not cool. Yeah. I mean, that being said, like that happened to me, man. The other, like a few months ago, uh, some kids were selling lemonade and I was like, all right, you know, whatever, 50 cents or a dollar. The kid poured me like two ounces and I was just like, Nah, man. You Look, get, man, can I get like a little bit more? Yeah. Because I'll pay, you know, I'll pay what you're asking, but I need, I'm thirsty. Like I'm literally you, thirsty. <laughs> and then you wrote that bad review on Yelp and uh, that was just, that was unfair. Yeah. I called I in thought. the uh, Georgia business license bureau <laughs> yeah, you and did. Uh, shut that kid down. Yeah, you did. Joker wasn't licensed. <laughs> Messed up, man. Yeah. I think when you get a couple of wins under your belt, it gives you the confidence then to pursue asking for discounts on bigger purchases and then walking into your boss and asking for the raise. So I think uh, exercising this muscle, like we said, is such an important thing because getting that affirmative response a few times is this confidence building strategy yeah. that not only saves you money, but it also kind of reinforces this good habit that's going to benefit you in lots of other ways. Cool. Let's talk about how to ask for a discount, man. You want to kick it off? Yeah. The first thing that you have to do, there's a lot of other good tips in here, but the first thing you have to do 
is be prepared with the proper information. If that's asking for a raise, then you want to know what people of similar ilk in your profession get paid. If that's asking for a discount on a propane tank refill, like I just did the other day at Kroger, you want to know what another store is charging. You want to be armed with that information. You want to have it maybe on your smartphone, at your fingertips. You want to be able to quickly recite a reason why you should be getting that discount. And if you're not prepared with the information, your request for that discount is likely going to fall on deaf ears. Yeah. So specifically to that, a lot of companies price match now, right? Like it's store policy. If you knew that and you went in and you had like a competitor's rates, well then boom, you've got your, that's your leverage. Yeah. And so particularly, I think the best price matching policy is at Home Depot. If their competitor has a better price, they will beat it by 10%, right? And so most people just price match exactly the same amount. So let's say you didn't want to drive to Walmart. The target's closer. Target will price match. That's cool. You got the same price. You didn't have to drive as far. But Home Depot, I'm saving an extra 10% on top of what their closest competitor, usually Lowe's, is charging. Nice, man. And so... I know about that 10%. Yeah. So those kind of discounts are already built into the equation. They know it's listed on their website. So know the store's policy as well. That's another great thing to be armed with what their policy allows for. So for instance, I mentioned I went into Kroger to try to get a price match on a propane tank refill. And I knew that from their website, they didn't seem to be huge into the price matching thing. They didn't tout it. I wasn't sure they did it at all. Yeah. But I pulled it I don't it see up. that being like a Kroger priority. Right. <laughs> to be honest with you. But, you know, I still had the, the gall. And yeah, the, you got to gotta go for it, man. To, you got to ask. To ask for it anyway. I had it pulled up on my phone. Hey, here's what Walmart charges. And you know what? I wasn't successful that time. But I'm often successful. Uh, and, and these strategies work out for me. But you have to be armed with the information. Yeah. And you have to be ready to, to show someone a web page or their own store policy or a coupon or something. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. That's like your ammo. That's how you like arrive ready. You know, I don't want to present like a battle. (laughs) It's not like a fight, but like literally that's what you're presenting to kind of present your case. But I think what you said too, man, that's, that's, that's so clutch. He still went for it. And honestly too, that's again, this is like an overarching thing, but the whole reason you need to ask for a discount, right? Like we're talking, we're saying how this is like the art of asking for a discount is that if you don't ask, the answer is already going to be no. If you don't ask, you're 100% not going to get the discount. So may as well just try, even if it seems like it's Kroger and they don't really give a damn. And so <laughs> you're just going to have to get your propane at full price. Yep. So you'll also want to be human. Uh, smile. Be kind. Nobody wants to help or do a favor for a jerk. So... You can't go in expecting that they're going to give you a discount. You can go in hoping and you can go in armed with the proper information, but you're going to want to be kind and treat that person like a human and ask them nicely. You just need to like, yeah, be cool. <laughs> I came across this quote as well online that I, I thought was awesome. Her name is Amanda Palmer. And she was specifically talking about kind of asking people, like making requests of people, not specifically for like a discount, but was, you know, this kind of fits in the same vein. And she said that through the act of asking people, I connect with them. And when you connect with them, people want to help you. Isn't that great? Totally. Yeah. And so it kind of, it's, it seems counterintuitive. And that's what she was talking about. She's specifically, I think she was addressing like singers and songwriters, you know, artists. But it kind of seems counterintuitive to think that, well, when you ask somebody, oh, their natural inclination is going to want to be to like recoil, you know, be like, oh, no, thank you. You know, sorry. But... But what she was saying is that what she finds is that by asking people, like you're able to kind of connect with them on a sort of human level. And when you do that, you're known and you're kind of going out there and you're putting yourself, putting yourself out there 
and then people want to help you. That just really resonated with, with me when I read that. I just thought it was awesome. But I think especially if you're honest, earnest, and direct, yeah. right? And if you, if you act like that, if you walk in and you are direct with your need, with your desire, um, don't talk in circles about uh, what you want. People respond to you when you approach them from a standpoint of not trying to rip them off, not trying to get something that you don't deserve, but kindly asking for something that seems reasonable. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing too, is just that asking for a discount is kind of a rare thing, right? Like if you're just kind of talking your way around a, a topic with a salesperson, like they're not going to know what you're looking for, <laughs> you know? And so I think literally just to be like, hey, look, I'll be honest, this is my budget or look, I'm just trying to get a deal. I love this product, whatever it happens to be being direct and letting just letting them know what you want because they might immediately be like, look, no, I'm sorry. I just, I literally don't have the power to do that. I can't help you. Cool. Well, you don't need to waste your time. <laughs> like no one's got time for that. Right. Right. But if you're able to kind of connect with them on a human level, then they're going to help you out. Yeah. One quick example, Matt was when Emily and I were shopping for a couch right before we got married, uh, for my new house and furniture shopping and what was about to be engaged. <laughs> yep. And what was about to be our new house. Nice. Uh, and we went to crate and barrel and we were looking at the clearance section of furniture that they had there. Mm-hmm. We found this couch. Obviously. Clearance <laughs> right? section. Yeah. And we found this couch that we loved. It was really cool. Totally in our style. And I think it was regularly like a $4,000 couch marked down to something like $1,400. Right. That's a great price. That's a great discount. Still out of our price range. Yeah. That's, that's still <laughs> a pricey couch. <laughs> and so we had decided we had $800 to spend. So I asked the sales associate, is there any chance that you, know, you can discount this couch any further? And they said, well, uh, we could take $200 more off, but, but that's it. And I asked if there was a chance of it getting further reduced in the near future. And she said every week they take stock of their inventory and decide how much further they're going to mark it down. Right. And so we'll call back Wednesday and ask. So I called back Wednesday and they still weren't ready to mark it down to the price that I wanted. And then I called back the following Wednesday and they were. And so nice. if I hadn't asked for the discount, if I had just seen the price tag and walked away... We never would have gotten that couch. And we were, we were so excited to get it. Plus, you get the like, sort of rush of like, getting a great deal too, right? Oh, to- oh totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally thrive <laughs> on that. Uh, it, it, but it's such a good lesson for me that asking, even at a kind of fancy place of business like Crate and Barrel, asking them for the discount and then finding that it actually, you know, in the long run, it didn't work right then and there. But it's this kind of lesson in patience and asking and seeing what happens. And the people there were super happy to help and it took a little bit longer than I thought. Most times when I ask for a discount, it's a little more instantaneous, yes or no. But that was kind of fun that we got the couch we wanted at the price we wanted. And if we hadn't asked, we'd yeah. only seen the price tag and walked away, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah, exactly, man. Just being direct, right? And so like because of that, they were able to let you know that like, hey, look, this is how it works. It's almost like they kind of gave you a peek behind the curtain. They're like, this is how we do it every week on Wednesdays, I guess, <laughs> they kind of reevaluate and uh, take stock of inventory. That's a good way to do it. And you wouldn't have known that had you not just sort of straight up asked. Exactly. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out cachava. Just go to cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money when it comes to financial advice you got to trust the source that's why you listen to this podcast and if you're looking to upgrade your wallet you need to turn to nerd wallet their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products if you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades what could future you do with more travel rewards a hotel upgrade lounge access Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Joel, so we were just recounting our trip to Scotland. This is the trip that we took this time last year, actually, with some of our friends over the weekend. And one of the highlights from Edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're making (laughs) making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no-brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. And kind of on the flip side of that, though, if I mean, if they say no, if you're out there shopping, you need to be willing to walk. <laughs> yeah. And for me, that means, too, that you have to know the price point of the item that you're asking about the discount for. 
and, and how much it might be sold for other places or what that's going yeah. for. Yeah, having that knowledge. And so you have to be willing to walk. And I think sometimes people... Sometimes they'll call your bluff. <laughs> sometimes they'll call your bluff and yeah. you, you need to just hightail it out of yeah. there. And this applies to, to if you get the deal or if you don't get the deal, right? Like if you get the deal, then sweet. You need to definitely be gracious and thankful. But even if you don't get the deal, you don't need to pout and like storm out the store and like knock something over <laughs> or leave a bad review on Yelp or something, you know, awful like we were joking about you earlier. Have to Molotov cocktail the place or <laughs> go, get too crazy. Gonna burn this mother down. <laughs> um, You're all gonna pay for this. You'll yeah. regret the day you said no to me. Yeah, exactly. No, like you need to be human. Uh, you need to be cool. And being a decent human being, that's that's a huge part of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, going back to what we talked about originally, the This American Life episode, the good guy discount, I think kind of that gets at the heart of it. Uh, that, that he said, you know, you're a good guy. I'm a good guy. Can I get the good guy discount? Again, a terrible way to ask. I think it's super <laughs> awkward, but it should be the thing that is unsaid. It's kind of brilliant, though, because it does put the person who's being asked at ease because they think that like, oh, OK, well, this guy's nice. He's not going to punch punch me or anything. <laughs> but be nice without saying it. Hey, yeah, yeah by yeah. the way, I'm a nice guy. Can you give yeah, me a discount? No, I'm an, honest, I'm an honest guy. Because yeah. <laughs> when you say tell me that you're honest or that you're nice, I, I'm automatically going to kind of probably assume the opposite. Yeah. So yeah. just be nice and don't say it out loud. So quickly, Matt, let's talk about online ordering and kind of how to do the discount. I, I feel like a lot of these things have applied to in-person asking for a discount. Yeah, right, right. Which or, is the hardest thing, which I mean, so it's why we wanted to spend the most time talking about this because that's, I think for most folks, that's the most difficult thing is looking another human being in the eye, asking them a question. With, that's all the hard work of trying to get a discount in person. Yeah, it's almost a bit easier to do online. Yeah, but there's definitely some techniques and some strategies that work uh, great for you know, online shopping. Yeah, so the first thing to do is really almost not like asking at all. It's kind of just a quick Google search and websites like Retail Me Not or just Googling a discount code for a company is kind of equivalent to asking for the discount, but it's really uh, no human interaction involved. And lots of times you can find 10, 15, 20% discount on uh, something that you're ordering uh, from a website that you like. And if you skip that search process, you don't get the discount. Yeah, you don't even have to talk to anybody either. <laughs> it's so easy. So that's another way too, is just to hit up a company's Twitter account or like a lot of companies as well that are sort of service oriented or service related. They have like the chat now box. And man, I really don't, I've used that a ton. Do you use that a lot on, oh, yeah. online? I will say, especially with like my bank and some other things where I've had questions. And cell phone provider for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. They always have that like, how can I help you today? Yeah. It's been great. And what's great about that too, is it's documented. Uh, it's up there and I always like screenshot it or save it. And sometimes they even have the option where it's like, you know, would you like to save this, this conversation? Yeah, it's, it's uh, saved in, in your Twitter direct messages too. And so, oh yeah, I think yeah, in, on it, Twitter. in our monthly bills episode, we talked about, you know, asking for a discount from your cable provider or internet provider and uh, how Twitter is one of the best places to do that. And so asking for a discount on Twitter, direct tweeting at the company or direct messaging a company that you like and follow can be a good tactic to ask for you know a 10% coupon code off the item that you're considering buying or maybe asking for free shipping if that's not something that they offer. Those are kind of easy things to ask for that a company is more than willing to do in many cases in order to make that sale. Yeah, make that sale and keep a customer happy. So what would you do then if there isn't a chat box or if you can't hit anybody up online? 
I'd look, look for an email address to the company. Yeah. And the bummer about that is sometimes it takes longer and you might have to hold off on your purchase. Right. Uh, but I did this recently when we were forming our own LLC, right? The poor, not poor LLC. Boom. We're incorporated. That's right. So try to sue us. I mean, wait, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> but so mama says we're bona fide. <laughs> We were doing it the cheap way through LegalZoom.com, yeah. which is great for kind of DIY legal services or getting super cheap help. And so... Come on, we're, we're poor, not poor. We're not, we're not going to like hire a... A legit attorney, <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to like draw the papers together. But so they... I'd seen in the past that they had had coupon codes after I did a little Google search. Like they have some. They're yeah. just inactive at the time. So I couldn't find one that was current. And so I decided to shoot an email to LegalZoom's email address. Took a couple days for them to get back to me, but... They said, hey, thanks for writing in. Here's a coupon code for $25 off. Nice. And so that saved saved us some money. Uh, and it was worth waiting two days because it wasn't like we need, needed to do it right then and there. Um, and so I would say, yeah, email is great. It's a little bit slower, but sometimes that can be worthwhile too. And if I hadn't asked, we would have paid full price. Thanks for saving me twelve fifty, buddy. You got it, man. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So hopefully those were some like helpful, actionable items, right? In general asking for a discount kind of takes more of like a salesman sort of mentality, right? Um, I think if you're sort of in that industry, asking for a discount might come a little bit easier. Um, and I, dude, I think this is also why this is harder for a lot of folks who are kind of artists or if they own their own business, because that's just not how their brain works. And because of that, it's harder. I think they, a lot of artists and people that are producing like a product or something that they're putting out there just think, well, I'm just going to focus on that. And then that like people will come, it'll be found. But that's not how it works when it comes to asking for a discount. Like you have to ask. Yeah, that's true. If it's not natural for you to ask for a discount, if you're not like in a sales job or in that sort of environment and you feel like you are more like that artist type where it's a little awkward and it's not your natural inclination. Remember, it is a muscle that you need to exercise and start small, ask for something little. And each time that you get a yes, it builds that confidence just a little bit. So first ask via email or something like that, or via Twitter, uh, start small, uh, ask for something little. And every time that you get a yes, boom, it's that move in the right direction. And that muscle gets a little bit stronger and you feel like you can ask for something a little bit bigger or maybe do it in person next time at a store you're at. Yeah. And kind of along those lines as well is the ability and working the muscle to say no. And so I guess I'll start kind of thinking down this path a little bit. So, you know, I'm a small business owner. I'm a creative. And sometimes I get asked for discounts. And I think, man, sometimes creatives get sort of bent out of shape when they are asked that because they think, oh, man, like they don't respect my work. Like they don't value what I do. And it kind of ruins their whole attitude for the day <laughs> or for that customer specifically, right? When... I think I've been in it long enough now that I realize that it's fine to ask for a discount. Like, sure, anybody can ask me a discount. I might say no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's sort of on the flip side of it, right? Build that muscle and get stronger, uh, get more used to asking for a discount. But if you're on the flip side of that, if you're someone that provides a service or someone that sells a product, you also need to sort of build the muscle and kind of have the ability to lay boundaries and say no when you know that it's not either appropriate or it's not best for the business or even for personal reasons. Like if they came in demanding it or something and it, it, they seem entitled and if it's not something you want to compromise on, then I think that's something that is very worthwhile to sort of build up and get used to doing because otherwise you're just going to get walked all over and 
And as a creative and as like an entrepreneur, they're like, there's nothing that sort of dampens that fire to want to do that than feeling like everyone's just trying to like screw you over. (laughs) So question for you. Yeah. Uh, Have you given discounts to clients when they ask? And if so, did some of these kind of things that we discussed come into play the way somebody asked and their directness, their humanity and their preparation with rates from other photographers. Did any of those things kind of come into play for you to grant that discount? Yes. People do ask for discounts. Not like all the time, but it's not an uncommon thing for folks to ask for a discount. So uh, you know, as a wedding photographer, sometimes folks will come to me and say, Hey, I'm getting married on a Friday or, or a Sunday. Do you offer discounts for that? And sometimes they are prepared. Uh, that's one of the, the points we talked about earlier. They never say specifically who. It's kind of like general and vague, which is probably smart. At least in your line of work, when you're going to, into Target, you want to say that Walmart's got the Yeah, 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 exactly. But in your line of work, it makes sense that they say, you know, I've got another similar It's a little more relational yeah. and I guess it's a little less sleazy to say, hey, like we've been talking talking with some folks and they don't want to like just pit everybody up against each other. But, but yeah, they've come to me and said, hey, there's another photographer and they're willing to include a second photographer for the same rate or they offer discounts for non-Saturday weddings, things like that. And and sometimes I do, you know, it just depends on sort of my book of business. If I'm crazy busy, well, sorry, you know, I just can't, I can't offer a discount. I'm already too busy as it is. But if it's pretty far in advance and it say, if, say it's a month where I don't have anything on the books yet, that's one, something I'll completely consider. And I definitely never think less of them. Uh, and it does not affect how I view them as people or how I treat them as clients. One of the ways that I was surprised that we were, uh, Kate and I were able to get a discount was with delivering a baby. <laughs> um, so back when we had our... Yeah, I did it for 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite the deal. <laughs> back when we had Evie, our oldest daughter, we didn't have maternity uh, included. But with Evie, we were paying out of pocket because we were doing self-pay. And we'd heard that you could talk to the hospital and get a reduced rate. We went to the billing department there at the hospital ahead of time before everything went down, right? They agreed to a specific rate that they offer for patients that are looking to, to, to self-pay. And we not only did that with the hospital, we did that with my wife's OB and all the other doctors and bills that you get in the mail after the fact, which heads up, you get a ton of bills because <laughs> obviously you've got the hospital and you've got your OB, your doctor that delivers the baby. But there's just all these other little things too, like the hearing test and the epidural and you know if you if you go that route and there's just so many little things and not a single one of those bills did we pay full price because I called them up had a decent human conversation with them or in the case with the OB in the hospital it's just something we talked about ahead of time and, and had a, a great reduced agreed upon rate that we were able to set up yeah and sometimes yeah you can ask for the discount after the fact but definitely in this case better to ask beforehand you're oh, going to yeah. get a better rate negotiating that beforehand then afterwards and just, we just wanted the peace of mind knowing that right going going into it ahead of time so and one thing that might affect a lot more people than that scenario too amazon prime will give you a discount so amazon prime has guaranteed two-day delivery on packages we're and, still talking about delivery but right, that's a good point <laughs> that's a good point uh but let's say that package gets delivered in three to four days instead of two days. Wah, wah. You can call Amazon Prime's number, and this is kind of a documented thing at this point, and ask for a free month, and they'll say, well, why should we do that? Well, because the package wasn't delivered in two days, and that's kind of your deal, right? Amazon Prime is supposed to be here in two days. Yep. And they will give you a, an extra month of Amazon Prime service for free. So they'll add that on. So every time a package is delayed a little bit longer than expected, you can get that extra free month of Amazon Prime. I'm sure you can probably wear out your welcome over time and yeah. they will stop doing it. 
Um, but that's kind of a cool thing just to know that that's actually kind of part of their culture, part of their policy at this point. And asking for that discount doesn't hurt, but you just need to know that it's available and that you should be asking for it. And hopefully to a certain extent, this episode gives you the permission to ask. I think sometimes we think that we can't or we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or that's a little uncouth, right. but uh, that permission to ask, that's what this is right here. So empowerment. We would, exactly. And we would love to hear from you in our <laughs> Facebook group or on the comments on uh, the show notes of this post at poornotpoor.com. We would love to hear about the best discounts you've got. Oh uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that. Just by asking. So, so toss those up uh, we, and we will uh, hopefully share those on a future episode. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. There's a really good one. I'll, oh man, I would love to share that. So Matt, back to the beer. We had two French beers brought back from my uh, trip to France. A vanilla milkshake IPA. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the brewery's name. And an Imperial Berliner Weiss with Hellertau Blanc grapes. Yeah, both of these were, were great. You didn't like the vanilla milkshake IPA as much. I will say, man, as it kind of warmed up and the more I had it, it had like this sort of uh, jasmine honeysuckle sort of floral notes to it kind of goes along with what you were saying like the tea yeah aspect of it and i kind of it kind of grew on me it just wasn't quite my vibe i, I usually like beers like that yeah, but this man. this one had kind of some interesting flavor combos it wasn't bad but it's just not a beer that i would be i, I would want to go back to quickly the uh gallia brewery that made the imperial berliner weiss that was absolutely delicious and the beer was not even outdone by this amazing artwork that beer was so good yeah it's a sweet bottle so what's so crazy about that is it's considered an imperial Berliner Weiss, which isn't something I have literally, I've literally never had that before. I want to see more breweries making imperial Berliner Weisses because this was fantastic. It was like a regular Berliner Weiss, but with just more flavor. You well, know, it was just more aggressive. And the grapes came through like yes. gangbusters. Yes. It, yeah. it, it felt like I was biting into the grapes in a lot of ways. That nice, musty, whiny kind of quality mm-hmm. uh, in this beer was really fantastic. Uh, th- th- this was like an impeccably made beer. And yeah, I wish I had more of these because that was really, really good. Awesome, Joel. Let's go ahead and do a quick recap and then we'll end this episode. Yeah, Matt. So the art of asking for a discount. Most people don't even think to do it. And usually that's because they're afraid of getting rejected. No one likes being turned down for something, but right. just know they're saying no to the question, not to you. Yeah. And then how to ask for a discount. I think the most important thing is to be prepared, right? If you don't know what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you're going to ask for, and if you don't have sort of the, the leverage, specifically if you don't know what a competitor is offering, um, you're not going to be able to get quite the deal and you're not going to be able to present the information and make a case. You want to be prepared. You want to know what's out there. You want to have that information ready to go when you are about to ask for that discount. That's right. And you want to be human. Smile, look people in the eyes. Also very important. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and I think people respond when you ask kindly and you're not expecting to get something for free. People don't want to do a favor for a jerk. Yeah. So, so be kind. Yeah, man. Being nice, like you're able to make that human connection. And like that, that's just so important. And the other thing too, when you're asking for discounts too, is it just builds up that muscle like we talked about earlier. It gets you used to saying, it gets you used to asking. And it also gets you used to being told no, uh, getting used to that rejection. And over time, that's something that you'll get better at doing. And hopefully you'll find that kind of translates into other aspects, other areas of your, of your life as well, like asking for a raise or really just kind of going after something you want to do. Yeah, and hopefully it'll work out for you. But ultimately, the answer is always going to be no if you never ask. Yeah, Matt, essentially, it's like CrossFit for your asking for a discount <laughs> muscle, right? <laughs> so 
I've never done CrossFit, but I'm assuming that it's good and then you get strong. So, um, yeah, that's what you People do get stronger. I know that. That's what I hear. Thanks for listening. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. We'll have show notes up for this episode. And again, please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app if you're listening to this on our website or just by chance stumbled onto this episode on your podcast app. Hit the subscribe button and then you'll be notified of upcoming episodes. You know what? It helps everyone else find out about the number one podcast about saving money (laughs) in craft beer. That's this one right here. Yeah, there's no other ones out there, right? Like by default, we are the number one craft beer personal finance podcast. That's how we roll, buddy. Yeah. You had to dominate some sphere (laughs) and this was it. Cheers. Cheers, man. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.